Hello, this is World Focus from Brussels. My name is Svein Helgason. Ukraine is united in fending off the full-scale invasion by Russia and liberate all occupied territories. In this episode, I interview Oleksiy Gunsharenko, a member of the Ukrainian parliament, who took up arms along with his colleagues following the invasion on the 24th of February 2022. We met at the NATO Public Forum on the sidelines of the NATO summit in Vilnius on 11th to 12th of July. Hello, my name is Oleksiy Gunchirenko, member of the Parliament of Ukraine. So, where are you from? I represent Odessa region in Ukrainian Parliament, so I'm from Odessa. That is uh, the biggest city in the south of Ukraine on the Black Sea. Just go back to 24th of February 2022. Uh, that's something you couldn't be prepared for. Full-scale invasion, tank, tanks moving to Kiev and other big cities, missile attacks uh, throughout the whole country. My wife called me at 5 a.m. saying she was in Odessa, I was in Kiev in the parliament in that day. And uh, she said to me that she heard explosions. So that was awful. Uh, we voted for martial law in Ukrainian parliament. And then um, like there was a choice what to do next and uh, to go out to leave Kiev and uh, to go to Odessa or anything else. Russians were moving to Kiev, so I decided that I need to be in Kiev and to fight for the capital. I took arms in my hands and joined territorial defense. So if you would summarize um, the war so far after the full-scale invasion, what has been the key to Ukrainian success in holding off the Russians and now starting the counteroffensive? Uh, the key is that the whole society united around the idea that we need to defend the country. And the key was that for every Ukrainian it was clear that this is existential. This is to be or not to be. And um, that was the key. And that's why uh, thousands, tens of thousands of people like me took arms in their hands, even without any military experience. And the whole society from that day lives with just one dream and one aim to win. If you were to assess the assistance from uh, NATO, the West, the support, and how it has developed, um, how would you assess that? Uh, first of all, we are very thankful for all support we are receiving. Because for us it's very important, it's vital. So we are thankful to the member states of NATO, uh, not counting Hungary, but others definitely. Uh, and we are thankful to NATO as uh, alliance uh, in general too. Uh, but speaking about assessment, uh, there is this incremental style of support. And we see it again during this Vilnius summit. The decision to invite Ukraine, but not clear when, uh, under conditions, but not clear what conditions. And, and all these time, like Ukraine first was provided just with javelins and stingers, that was a weaponry for guerrilla fighting, uh, then only Hovitzers, then high marses, and all the time after a lot of hesitation and doubts and, many, and, and, and a lot of time, then patriots, then tanks, but every day for us has its price. That is the lives of our best people. So that's why, uh, like again, I'm very thankful. But if 
NATO and member states want really Ukraine to win. And this is the only way to restore international order and international law, which is so brutally violated by Russia. Uh, the only way for this is not to chase after Putin, but to make step ahead to provide Ukraine with everything needed and the war will be finished. Do you feel that um, the West sometimes and uh, in communication by politicians in the West and on the other side basically too from Moscow are talking over the heads of Ukraine like Ukraine is not given agency in the war that somehow although Ukraine is fighting the war that um, they're talking over the heads of Ukraine no I can't say this uh, we in general there is a politics that nothing about Ukraine without Ukraine here in Vilnius summit it was a little bit different uh, and uh, the what the final wording in communique about Ukraine was confirmed without Ukraine but it's about position of member states of NATO. So, but I can't say that uh, something is happening uh, over our heads and we are ignored. I think that Ukraine showed to the whole world that we couldn't be ignored. How do you see things developing from here on the front? Um, there is some, you might say, even impatience by the West, perhaps to some extent, understandably, Uh, about the counter-offensive, but again, you know, Ukrainian military uh, commanders have said this is not an action movie. Uh, we have to do it in the right way. Um, there's people waiting for this counter-offensive to go full force, but it's perhaps a bit more complicated than that. Believe me, there is no one in the world more impatient than we are. We want this war to finish as quickly as possible. We want to win as quickly as possible because that's an awful sufferings for Ukrainian people every day. So that's why uh, we want this more than anybody on the planet. Uh, but there is some reality. I understand that Ukraine, after our successes last year, many started to believe in Ukrainian miracle, you know. But uh, let us take the facts. Do we have more troops than Russians? No. Do we have advantage in the sky? No. Do we have more artillery pieces? No. Do we have more ammunition? No. So what do we have? What is our advantage? Our advantage is more uh, better weaponry from the West and better moral. It's good. But is it enough for really super successful offensive? We will see soon. You're from Odessa, and how, how important is it for Ukraine to liberate the territory, Mariupol, etc., and, and Crimea, to get back to the position of having full access to the, the Black Sea and the Azov Sea? Uh, I want to add to my previous answer, so if the West wants to see really successful counteroffensive, there is a way to do it, just to provide us with what we need. Fighter jets, long-range missiles and everything else. And that will be enough. Speaking about Odessa, today, yes, we, uh, we often saying that Putin failed to, to achieve his goals, that's true. But at the same time, he at least achieved one goal, he stopped, he blocked the Black Sea. He annexed Azov Sea and he blocked Black Sea in the whole world because as it appeared that from the times of ancient Greeks 
not much changed. The civilized world and in general the world is dependent from the food from the Black Sea area. So, for example, so today it's blocked. There is this grain deal which works not really very good, but it's only grain. You said about export of all types of goods, but there is no export of all types of goods. There is export of only grain, and even this export is complicated, and this we, in, in one week the grain deal is expiring, and Russia is again blackmailing the world that they will leave the deal. By the way, that's something which is absolutely unacceptable. Tomorrow Russia will decide to block the Baltic Sea, Oh, the other chairman Xi will decide to block South and Chinese Sea, and so on. What will be the result for the world? And I, I can't understand why the world let Putin to do to to act in such way, and to gives him possibility to to really block the Black Sea because the West has all the possibilities to stop this blackmail, just to send military convoys with the commercial navigation ships. That's all. Because Russia does not have capacity to do anything with this. Their flagmanship of Black Sea Fleet, missile cruiser Moskva, now is a submarine. Many other ships are destroyed. So they don't have really capacity to do anything with this. It's just a bluff. So that's something which should be that which should be dealt like this. Russia understands only language of force. Is it important for Ukraine to restore its, uh, Mariupol, you said Crimea? It is important for Ukraine to restore every inch of our territory because this is about international law. But yeah, the, the biggest port in the uh, Black Sea is Odessa. And uh, definitely Odessa is a critical point for world security, food security, yeah, especially. So definitely it's important for us, but it's also important for the whole world. We're speaking here on the morning of 12th of July and uh, the first... Uh, meeting of the Ukrainian NATO Council is today. President Zelensky is in town. Uh, a few words on his leadership. Uh, what has that meant for Ukraine? Uh, after February 24th, he became a powerful wartime leader of the country, the voice of the country. And that is really important. And he is doing his job of a uh, uh, commander-in-chief. And he is doing it uh, on a very good level. So that is very important. We have a lot of questions uh, how the country was prepared for the invasion. But we, ra we will raise them after our victory. So after the war, uh, there is reconstruction ahead when the war ends. There are already some pledges but this is a huge task of reconstruction of Ukraine, all the infrastructure and, and, of course, a lot of wounds that can't be healed, but a huge project ahead. Absolutely. Well, I think probably the biggest, at least in the first decades of the 21st century. But we are absolutely looking forward. We are ready. And I think that Ukraine has all the chances to become like an example of how the modern, free, democratic country should look like. And on that note, you are still uh, optimistic that within, you know, reasonable time, as soon as possible, Ukraine will become a member of NATO. Absolutely. I was optimistic when on February, two th uh, February 24, 2022, I was with Kalashnikov uh, guarding the building of the parliament, waiting for Russian tanks to appear. I was op optimistic even at that moment. So now in Vilnius, I am much, much more optimistic.
Uh, just a short answer, uh, a comment on accountability for Russian war crimes. How can that be achieved? My answer, very short, it should be achieved. Because it's not about justice to Ukrainians. It's about not to let this awful catastrophe happen again, ever, ever, never in the world. Thank you very much Thank for you. uh, your answers, uh, for the conversation, and uh, good luck. Thank you very much. So this was a parliamentarian from uh, Ukraine talking to World Focus on the sidelines of the NATO summit in Vilnius.